heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland Today on the 28th of April. Ben Dobbin with you across the Resonate Broadcast Network. A very good morning to everybody listening to us through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers in the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. So much to get through this morning. And as I said, um, we will have a big show for you. Uh, you can go to Spotify. Ben Dobbin, Rural Queensland Today, and open the link there. And also, you can get in contact with me, ben.dobbin at ruralqldtoday.com.au. Uh, Susan McDonald joins us, Peyton Fitzsimon. We're going to talk to a flying vet and give you an update. Those poor cowboys beaten soundly last night as well. It's a huge show. It's Friday morning, the 28th of April. You're with Ben Dobbin on Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin on Rural Queensland Today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. It's the 28th of April, uh, a Friday morning, and so much to get through. She is not happy. Her beloved North Queensland Cowboys were beaten badly last night by the Sharks, but a pretty special night with the Paul Green medal and both uh, Emerson and Jed um, Green running the sides out last night. His wife, Amanda, was there. Uh, but Susan McDonald joins us on a Friday. Susan, Cowboys, not up to it last night. They were beating your beloved. I know you're going to remain loyal, but it was it was an ugly display by the cows last night. And so I think the lucky charm of yourself being there in the, in the corporate suite may be the reason why things didn't go that well. <laughs> oh, good morning, Ben. And um, I'd like to think that I was the lucky charm, but, yeah, 44-6, it was, it was pretty terrible. It was brutal. It was brutal. Yes, yeah. um, yes, lots of work for Todd Payton and the Cowboys. Um, look, and but the bigger ch- concerns are what's going on in this state. And I, 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 I want to get to the point on this show, and I mean this genuinely. And I had an email the other day saying you're always trying to highlight um, the issues, and we're thankful. Well, I'd like to get to the point where I'm telling great stories and not highlighting issues. But at the moment, we are being run by an absolute circus. And that's the Labor government. Um, from a biosecurity position, I've never seen it as bad. And, and, and it all went away when we started taking and closing down DPI offices many years ago and we took away clearing dips and we let people take control of them doing themselves. And you've now got an issue, and I mentioned this yesterday with Robbie Catter, um, where the people of Cloncurry have nobody in their office at the DAF office at all. They, they, you know, it, it is... It's almost laughable, Susan. I mean, you're from that town. You know the importance of it, and there's no one there anymore. Look, the Queensland Labor is the biggest mob of glass you have ever come across. Every single one of the ministers and assistant ministers that go out into the region, all I get back is reports of them being rude to people, uh, of them being so uninterested uh, because they've got out of their comfort zone of being along the coast and in inner city places. Um, and it is not good enough because what they are risking through their ineptitude is everything. They are literally betting the farm on having no interest in regional Queensland. And what's gone on in Cloncurry is just one, another small example. So over the last year, 
there has been a huge amount of work of talking about what biosecurity is in Australia. There have been plans done to death, state and federal governments. But what we're finding out is that if we got a biosecurity incursion, foot and mouth, lumpy skin disease, something we don't even know about yet, uh, any of those things, we can throw pieces of paper at them, plans, but the state government has defunded jobs on the front line. So who the hell holds the front line if the state government is not doing that? I don't know if they're asleep at the wheel, if they're willfully uh, allowing this to happen, but uh, yesterday in Cloncurry, when Ag Force held their biosecurity forum, uh, there was a lot of people very animated because this is absolutely shocking. And I'm pretty sure that if we went right across the state, uh, we would have the same result of having limited resources, not proper funding. And look, it's not just cattle diseases. It's, it's sugarcane. It's uh, mites. It's, it's every single thing that every day is, is um, we're trying to detect at borders, whether it be in uh, Australia Post, in uh, container ships, or coming through uh, from the north, from PNG. Uh, this is really serious stuff. And the Queensland government has once again been found uh, to have failed and failed miserably. It is not good enough, Ben. They, they're not repairing the roads in, in uh, regional Queensland. People are dying at a higher rate. They're not securing the biosecurity borders. Uh, they truly wouldn't be able to run a chook raffle. And, and you know, I am why do they do? And, why, and very why, worried. Why, I mean, you've been to meetings about this. They're, they're, they're obviously the town's concern. Why? I mean, they they then they hide behind. They've opened eleven new um, eleven new uh, branches, but none of them are where it matters. They're all you know completely irrelevant. And oh, we've got call lines, and you can get. But that's just not the case. You know, you need to protect what brings you the bacon, literally. And agriculture here in this country has been the backbone, especially in Queensland, for this state. Yet they're walking away from it and shifting funds and putting it in other places. That's the concern that I have. Well, and it's a good, it's the right concern, Ben, because it is a physical presence that's important. Meanwhile, they're taxing the crackers out of coal mining and things that bring us income. They're trying to drive out jobs from Queensland, uh, but the money's not coming back to regional Queensland. It will run back into southeast corner. It will run back into a new bridge, a new tunnel, uh, probably putting some solar lights on a building, God knows what, but they're not reinvesting into Queensland, into the things that make us uh, a, a, a viable state, an important agricultural state. I mean, growing food and fibre for Australia and the rest of the world this is an incredibly important job and uh, this is a government that is so focused on Brisbane uh, that, that it, it's, it's shocking. And uh, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of speechless then because this is – anyway, I thought it was terrific that Ag Force and, uh, uh, and the community had that meeting. They have got together so that they can clearly articulate what it is that's wrong, what it is that needs to be on the front line. And if Mark Ferner doesn't get this message – uh, then, he's, then his ears are truly cloth because this is very important. He's been in the headlights with me all week, Mark Ferner, and, and he, some of the decisions, and, and I know you're, you're holding your position and you'll be making a statement today just about 
uh, the ag college fiasco, but there is a lot of wrong with what Mark Ferner is doing at the moment, like just a h- absolute debacle taking place in that agricultural department. You've been at meetings the last couple of days um, and, and obviously very important meetings as well, um, you know, between Julia and Julia Creek, um, some good stuff happening. Yeah, that's right, Ben. So uh, Julia Creek in Richmond was the Vanadium Forum last week. Uh, it was really interesting to see there are five projects there that are really progressing and the community is so involved. They're having uh, lots of, uh, of, of gatherings. That mean that, uh, you know, graziers, uh, small business operators, the vanadium miners, industry groups are all coming together and they're talking about how do we do this? How do we do this really well? How do we get more jobs into this region? How do we have a sustainable industry that uh, is developed in a way that leaves a long-lasting positive impact on these towns? How do we build the right infrastructure? Uh, it, it's really, really positive to see what's been um, led by the vanadium uh, uh, operators. Uh, the mayors were there. The, um, yeah, as I said, every community representation, it was really terrific. I'm, I'm really looking forward to what this means for uh, the Mount Isa to Townsville Corridor and, uh, and, of course, there was the Vanadium Battery Facility um, announced in Townsville last week as well. So, you know, lots happening that should, if it's done properly, uh, mean a great positive impact, well-paid jobs uh, in our regions and, and providing the sort of uh, services and resources that, you know, the rest of the world's looking for. So, uh, very exciting, Ben. And if the Queensland government doesn't get in the way, we'll be right. Yeah, well, watch this space. We're going to take a break. Senator Susan McDonald joining us this morning on Rural Queensland Today. You're with Ben Dobbin. Uh, It's the 28th of April. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. Uh, Susan McDonald, Senator Susan McDonald joining us this morning. It's the 28th of April on Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Senator, um, the pharmacists have absolutely come out in the last three days and you know, they've been brought to tears literally around the shortage of uh, prescription medicine, uh, the shortage of supplies, yet <laughs> the Federal Labor Government have come out with a new scheme that they believe was going to work and that's um, longer extended scripts. Now, I, I don't know where to begin. I, I, I don't know where to begin. There, there is two real sides to this. Um I'm concerned. The the health is a debacle. It, you know, it, we are just being absolutely played off a break here. But the, the the pharmacists are genuinely, genuinely upset. That's right, Ben, because uh, the way the federal government has presented it is the way they're presenting every single decision to Australia. Labor says, oh, this is good for Australians, and Australians go, oh, that sounds all right. So in this case, it's allowing you to go in and get two months' worth of scripts at a time. So instead of going in and just getting one month for your heart medication or your diabetes medication, things like that that you take every day, uh, instead of being able to get one month, they'll allow you to get two months. Now, uh, at face value, that, that sounds great, doesn't it? It saves you a trip to town, saves you remembering where your script is, all that sort of thing. But what they've failed to realise is that we're in the middle of a supply chain shortage in every industry. doesn't matter whether it's building products 
or pharmaceutical scripts, we have shortages. And what the federal government's done is said, right, if you're a small pharmacy uh, right across regional Australia, possibly in, in the city places as well, but certainly in those fantastic community and regional pharmacies across across Australia, that um, everybody who has a script can now come in and get double the amount. Well, two things will happen. One, we either run out of scripts for people who who need them, um, but the second is that those communities, those pharmacies are now expected to double up on the inventory they're supposed to hold. Uh, these things, money does not grow on trees. So that means taking out a, a bigger overdraft. It means um, putting more money on the shelves, inventory on the shelves. These are businesses that, you know, don't have huge margins, but it is absolutely typical of Labor governments who most of them have never run a business in their lives. I think I've talked to you about this before. The Albanese Labor government, the cabinet, they're on average 53 years old. They're on average worked for 35 years of their life. They have on average uh, or accumulated worked 746 years. And of those 746 years around the cabinet table of working experience, only four years is running a business. There's yeah. only four years. So this is this is typical. Well, how can they run the our country, Senator? How can they run our country when they have no, absolutely no experience whatsoever? Well, it's a shocking. It is shocking, and I guess we should. This is what happens: is that you know we have a um, a coalition government for for a period, and then. You know, things go well, the economy goes well, and Australia says, well, I'm ready to have a change. And so we had a change at the last election, uh, and like with the, the Gillard-Rudd-Gillard uh, arrangement, like with other Labor governments, we, you know, within a very short period of time, Australia goes, oh, God, we actually can't afford this mob. Yeah. So they throw them out, and the coalition goes back in. Yeah, you've got to I, deal with the mess, though. That's the drama. That's the biggest Well, drama. that's exactly right. And if there is a pharmacy, a single pharmacy, that has to tell somebody who comes in with their script, I'm sorry, they're all gone because Labor didn't know how to handle it. I mean, we went through this 18 months ago with the ad blue shortage, and and – we were able to manage that because the clear message to industry and with government when everybody worked together was just slow down. Do not stockpile. If everybody just takes what they need, we'll be able to manage our way through this. Um, the, this pharmacy, the script situation is exactly the same. If we go at this too hard, uh, we will leave people without the medication they need, either because it's not in the shop um, physically where they can get it or the pharmacies won't be able to get supply because there is a limited amount of pharmacy medicines that are coming into this country. There is a supply chain shortage and Labor wouldn't be able to um, run a truck raffle. They've not got this right at all. Not, not, not one bit and that's a concern. You were at the Wagyu conference and you very, very successful conference and, and obviously well done to everybody and that industry is flying at the moment. It's got some challenges but all the, the long-term contracts at the moment but it will come again. But the attack, oh, okay. the attacks on people about, you know, from outside, we think we've come so far about selling it but we've still got these minorities that are absolutely vile about what we are doing as an industry. Yeah, Ben, I think there's a couple of elements as to why um, agriculture, uh, mining, um, 
food and fibre, all of our primary industries are under attack. And it's because we have such a small percentage of our nation who now does all that work. And it allows the rest of the country, 99% of, to go out and, you know, be a politician like me, to be on the radio like you, to do all the other jobs we do. But we do not have to worry about going out into the backyard and, and getting food because of this amazing group of people who battle um, uh, seasons and markets and biosecurity risks and uh, regional costs, less, less well-done roads, all of the, the issues for regional Australia. But this 1% of the country does an amazing job, but there's less of them compared to the rest of the country. And so we have to be continually making sure that the education in schools is good. Uh, that's why the MLA has got to get back into the education space. It is why um, organ- all organisations have got to be making sure we do not leave a vacuum to be filled by people who don't understand what agriculture and, and mining, for that matter, is about and that we're having serious conversations that that um, support the most important thing we do, which is growing food and fibre. Uh, it is incredibly serious. And in the UK, there are farmers now talking about not growing some crops because they can't get properly paid by uh, the yeah. supermarkets. You know, that could absolutely happen here as well. So, you know, we have to be very alert to that and, um, and ensure that uh, we don't go down the road of uh, some of the crazy activist statements that we don't allow some of the uh, plant protein uh, groups to get away with their sustainability claims. That's exactly right. We have to be alert to it and work hard against it. Senator, appreciate your time. Just a side note, I'm sure you're sad about this. Uh, One of the most iconic uh, TV hosts, Jerry Springer, passed away this morning, and I'm sure you you would have spent countless hours watching the Jerry Springer show growing up. I have to tell you, this may shock you, Ben. I have never watched a Jerry Springer show, that and doesn't I shock feel me. like it doesn't. Shock I feel like I've missed out on something. Uh, you, <laughs> you've actually uh, look legend. He, he had the number one number one show, and a lot of people today would have. They come in at lunchtime, they turn on the TV, they got that lunatic Jerry Springer from America. Um, but he had a very successful career. He was the number one drive time daytime TV host. He beat Oprah. That's the appetite for trashy TV. Uh, but he passed away this morning. It, it doesn't surprise me. A good girl from Cloncurry has never watched Jerry Springer. But uh, <laughs> no doubt uh, <laughs> there'll be a lot of talk about it. Appreciate your time this morning, Senator. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks a lot, Ben. Talk good to on you next week. We'll take a break. Come back. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. It is the 28th of April, uh, Friday morning on Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today with Ben Dobbin across the Resonate Broadcast Network. It's the 28th of April, uh, Friday morning, and our next guest, uh, I think I'm really looking forward to talking to her. Amelia Scott um, is a New South Wales vet, a pilot, and a grazier, and is now a published author. On the 21st of June, her book will be released called The Flying Vet. She joins us this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Amelia, thank you so much for talking to us uh, and being with us this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Thank you for having me, Ben. How does one start <laughs> becoming not only a, I understand the vet side of it, but then saying, hey, I'm going to throw in and uh, obviously become a pilot in the process. Can we talk about that journey? I mean, from obviously studying uh, vet science to then saying, hey, I, I the travel part of it is too full on. I'm in New South Wales. I'm going to 
get my pilot's license, and and from there it, it just opened a juggernaut. Well, flying was was going to happen regardless, regardless of, of of whatever I of did. Then my dad, the dad before him, was also uh, a fairly good bush bush pilot, so. Um, it wasn't ever an option. <laughs> <laughs> so it was always but to be the pilot d- despite the career. And then obviously you go and, you know, study vet science, become a vet. You're running the family station with your partner and working full time. I mean, that's a juggling act in itself, but it's it, it's it seems to be it, it works from all reports and from looking at it and, and it makes things a lot easier. It, it does and – well, we run a family property in conjunction with my dad. We're still in the process of, of succession. Yep. Um, so there's two two couples on the on the one property, and as um, many young couples would know, when when the succession's still ongoing, um, the younger couple often have to find an off farm income as well, and and the vet, um, the flying vet business is is that for me. So talk to me about it. What's an average day? You've got young children as well. Um, I, I, yeah. I completely understand how you have to navigate that. I mean, you're isolated. So how does a mum, a business owner, a pilot, uh, a, a grazier and, and also a, a partner slash wife work, how does that all work? How, how does that melt with, but work? With a, with a really good supportive network. Then, yeah. so I, I have a, uh, a husband who's, who's um, a really good dad and and a really good worker as well. And um, having the grandparents live only five hundred meters away helps out as well. Sure. And and this year we've employed a, a nanny uh, to help look after um, the kids as well, so that both Brennan and I can can get work done. Um, and yeah, it's it's a real juggling act. It's, there's a schedule. There's a schedule for everything, um, but yeah, we 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 manage. You've got a you've got a um a, a big business as a flying vet, and people will obviously you know book you in for certain things. Is that the is that the process? You're not on call twenty four seven. You actually have obviously a diary where your clients ring up and, and they they book you from there, and and whether or not you're on the Victorian border or whether or not you you're on the Queensland border, you, you fly to that place within. Within New South Wales, and 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 then obviously from there it works. I I remember a guy, a vet by the name of Ian Braithwaite. I was in the territory, and he used to fly in and out. We were TB testing in the territory, and 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 he had a plane. And and, and one of the great things that he used to do, he used to be able to fly in and out, and it was it was something that made his job a lot easier. I mean, there's obviously fatigue and stuff like that, but it you can cover some country in the process and, and obviously your clients can be not just at Wycliffe's where you're based out of, but, you know, like you can you, – you, you, that can be anywhere. Co- correct. So I, I service the Western Division of New South Wales into into southwest Queensland and and northwest South Australia. Um, that's my little niche. Um, and, yeah, that's correct. I'm not – on call twenty four seven, it's just not practical for me to be able to do that. I wouldn't function. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's all booked in work, mainly for station people. That's that's my clientele. Sure, I, I, I suppose the real rewarding part of it is that, geez, you get to see some country. You get an understanding of how people are doing it in different areas, and you're helping them, and and, and you're actually using every um, facet of your, your degree and your skill set, as well as then Amelia, 
you actually get to relate that back to your own operation at home. And that's the big win and upside of it all. Yes. And I am of the belief, I don't know whether this is drummed in something I've formed as I've grown up then, but when you've gone away and, and gotten an education, I feel it would be a big loss to the community if you came back home out here and, and put it away in a box and never used it again. I agree. I agree. So I... I Having that knowledge and being able to use it and 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 um, give back to my community in that way. Yeah, and um, that's the big thing. Locally, are you, it's funny, you know. Um, you've obviously got a, a you're local. Uh, do you do a lot of local work, or is it more abroad? Yes, yes, very much, very local. Um, most of my clients they they know me fairly well. Um, there's, there's a fair few clients further down south towards Ivanhoe and Arnold um, that, that know of my family and, and that type of thing. It's only a you know a matter of one or two degrees of separation out here, but um, they pretty much it's all all mainly local work. But for us, local could be anywhere within seven hundred kilometres. Sure, I get um, that completely. It's, yeah, it's a it's a large area. <laughs> I, I I completely get that. Um, the flyingvet.com.au um, is your website, um, and I like the fact that you've written this book. Uh, what, what what inspired you? I mean, and <laughs> how does one find the time with everything going on to then go and, and and write a book? Well, it comes down to COVID hitting and and uh, not having any. Excuses to, to be running around. Yep. Um, I, I got approached by ABC to write that book two years ago. Yep. Um, when COVID had hit, and it was just when we had those major New South Wales lockdowns, and um, and um, yeah, you, you had to be careful about about um, where you went, and and also I had just had a baby at that stage. So I wasn't going far. No. Anyway, um, so and it was the middle of uh, summer, so fifty degree days. Not many people do stock work or get outside for for too long in those in that hot weather. So that that's when I got down the time to write a book. Well, I think it's fantastic. Released on the twenty first of June, uh, and I, I can't wait to read it. I think the flying vet is a um, it, it will be amazing, um, and obviously. You're just talking about a lot of the, the the stuff and the different roles and juggling and what what you've been through and 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 what goes on in your life. I think it's fascinating, and we get to tell these kind of stories. Thanks so much for being with us, Amelia. And, and people can go on and obviously get onto your website, um, theflyingvet.com.au. Uh, it's there, and uh, what a great young Queensland. We need more people uh, and more young vets who uh, have a. a absolute love of the bush and flying and, and being pilots and also for them to to pony up and because we need more in the bush. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Um, I really appreciate you giving me some time. Thank you, Ben. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back with more. Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Rural Queensland Today, Peyton Fitzsimons joining us this morning, National Livestock Manager for Ray White Rural. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. It's the 28th of April. Fitz, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us, mate. Mate. As always, a pleasure, and I'm going a lot better this morning than the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about that a little earlier. It was a, a really poor performance by North Queensland, and one that obviously, you know, there's going to be more talks about. Now, Magic Round next week, I know you're coming down. You must be excited for that. It's your annual vigil uh, to the Magic Round, and uh, your, your crew, um, they come 
from far and wide um, for, to watch your beloved Parramatta Eels, but that's got its own problems as well. Geez, that's nasty. <laughs> right, here we go. It's early in the morning and we're going there. Anyway, let's talk about something else other than what you want to talk about. Hey, mate, um, lots to like about this job. It, it, it's an interesting situation and procurement. There's some really dry parts of Queensland and, and different parts of New South Wales. The market is fluctuating. There's no two ways about that. What's your snapshot on this Queensland store market at the moment? Yeah, Ben, it's uh, it's poised very. Inter- it's very interesting where it's poised at the moment. Uh, a lot of cattle came into the market. There were seven thousand in Dolby this week, uh, just over five thousand yesterday out in Blackpool. Uh, Liam Kirkwood up at Charters Towers. Liam, they'll uh, they'll pen five and a half thousand in a store sale there today. Um, it is going to be, you know, hit with a lot of numbers in the next month or so. Uh, definitely, it's not getting, it's definitely not getting dearer. So it is, it, it's stable a little bit with, um, particularly the heifer section, the heifer portion of yardings now coming under enormous pressure and they are getting cheaper as the, as cheaper as the day goes on. So, um, yeah, a lot of cattle draw absorb. Uh, we, you know, we just need a need a bit more of a break in the season uh, in a few areas, mainly just to stem the flow of cattle because there has been, um, as you and I have spoken about, because of the very good wet season over a lot of country, there hasn't been a lot of cattle moved. They're starting to move now, and there is a fair few numbers of those coming through. I mean, the, the you know, to combine 5,000 yesterday in Blackall, um that that's a huge yarding, and 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 nothing against Blackall, but they fall. It gets under pressure, doesn't it? They do. You know those kind of numbers put them under pressure, and it, it's one of the premier yardings and premier sale yards in Queensland. There is a there is a, still a demand for store cattle, but it, it's trying to find homes. And you talked about the heifers. Is that where you're seeing the pinch at the moment? Yeah, definitely, mate. Look, Blackall's in a very good position, as we all know, Ben. Like, I'd always like to have a yarding in a centre that's got a lot of feed, you know, within a four and five hundred k radius, and that is exactly what Blackall's got. So they can handle the numbers out there because they're on the doorstep of, of good feed. But yeah, definitely in the, in the southern markets, and these more weaner sales are kicking through again into New South Wales uh, next week. So it's it's definitely. I mean, we all know what the heifer game is like. They're always the the first to fall and the last to climb in the market, uh, and they they they're coming under pressure now. Yeah, I mean, you know, averaging two ninety seven for heifers out of Blackhall, um, two hundred two eighty, and look, you're right about charters big yarding up there today. Um, we're seeing some consistency through it all, but I mean, seven thousand in in Dolby that that, that busts the seams. <laughs> that, that's that is a huge, huge circuit breaker, and they're going to keep on coming with these short weeks. I mean, I understand Anzac Day. Look, you've got a public holiday Monday. You'd think Roma would be heavy, considering they didn't have a sale this week because of Anzac Day. They will be very strong as well. Prime wise, it, it, these short weeks aren't conducive to a, a market increase as well, are they? That, that they make it very difficult to see a real a real um, spike in that prime job as well. Yeah, very true, Ben. I know uh, I know in Dalby here, like the, the very similar trends to the last week with uh, with majority of the uh, of the prime cattle. I know Blackall, you know, yesterday very strong out there with uh, with those good big heavy cows going through to northern processes, but the best of the cows out there talking about two hundred and seventy five cents. So you know that's um, that's in front of the that's in front of the southeast Queensland market centre kilo wise. So, uh, but yeah, as we as we mentioned last week and, and, and previously, the short weeks do play havoc with supply. 
uh, you know, for those processes and just the throughput through the works. So, uh, yeah, it's always it's always watched. Yeah, it's an interesting take, and it's one that everybody um, obviously is looking at, and obviously we'll keep abreast of it as it continues. A uh, unbelievable genetic sale for Wagyu's, mate. Mate, it was last uh, last Thursday the Ray White Livestock Network, uh, and particularly uh, David and Amy Felch from the from the Dolby office. They uh, they ran the big Wagyu sale down in Sydney on the harbour. A lot of people um, think their regards to you, Ben. I know how much you love the harbour down there. So we, um, yeah, they had a, a, a lovely boat there. They had 600, uh, 600 guests on it, and we ran the genetic auction down there. The thing from Ray White <clears throat> about yep. three hours of selling, and I will shout out to. Uh, Auctioneer in the country, Liam Kirkwood from Ray White Upper Charters Towers. Liam did a wonderful job. He sold the three hours straight, uh, and yeah, it was a, a very good night. Made a lot of uh, a lot of overseas interest, uh, as well as as well as in Australia, especially with the embryos and the, and, the, and the semen packages available. And uh, no, the job went very well. Yeah, it, it, it certainly has been strong that market. Um, can we we talk? I, I spoke with um, Gary went the other day. The dogs uh, went well out of Gracemere. All things boating well. There's a market for not just everything in the industry, from horses to dogs. It, it is, it is such a collective industry now that everybody can get a feed out of it. Yeah, my yeah, my word, and and obviously we all know the uh, the staffing issues. A lot of the a lot of the Western people have. We're trying to get um, you know skilled labour and skilled staff out there. So the likes of you know, your good dogs and your good horses, well, they're just an extension of a, of a good stockman out in those in those regions. So. You know that's why they're that's why they're making you know very good money. But the, yeah, definitely the dog sale. Gary and Eddie went up there at Gracemere from Ray White. Had a wonderful result there on uh, on Sunday with their auction, and you know we're tied for thirty three thousand, and to average just uh, just a little bit over six thousand. That's a that's a very good day in anyone in anyone's terms. Um, I just think um, that, that that it all bodes well moving forward. The property market, we are seeing a lot of property come on at the moment. And I know Ray White Rule, one of the premier real estate agents across not only Queensland, but all of Australia. It, it's interesting. You don't think that you'll see the good properties, yet they're coming on. Um, big properties in the Arcadia from, you know, all their people are, obviously, there is a lot of transactions going on at the moment. Exactly. The uh, as we previously mentioned, most of the uh, the first the first quarter of the year um, has been steady, and purely because of the season. A lot of those properties, and you know, Raywater especially, that were um, they were looking to go, you know, to auction and also to do privately. They just held those properties back because of the, you know, because of the feed. They're all coming on now in the second quarter. Um, you know, we've seen some very and very nice pieces of country uh, come to the market and uh, inquiry levels. That's the that's what everyone uh, is always interested in. What's the inquiry like? The inquiry has been very solid, um, especially from you know producers up and down the eastern states. Um, you know, there is very good inquiry still for you know for properties and properties right out you know right through to uh, you know Cloncurry in the western regions. There's always good inquiry there as well. Yeah, well said. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Um, really appreciate your time, Fitz, as usual. Go Parramatta, mate, and I hope to see you next week down at Magic Ground. See you there, mate. All the best. Good on you. Peyton Fitzsimons, National Livestock Manager. We'll take a break on Rural Queensland today and come back with more. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today. It's been a big week, uh, Friday morning, the 28th of April, on Rural Queensland today with Ben Dobbin. Hope you are enjoying 
your time, weekend. We've got Labor Day on Monday. We won't be broadcasting on Monday, obviously. Uh, and so much to get through as we march into May. Unbelievable. Where has the time gone? A huge show for you on Tuesday. And obviously, you can download our podcast. Um, go to Spotify, Ben Dobbin from rural Queensland today. And you can get all the latest episodes whenever you like. Have a great weekend. Remember when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We're back on Tuesday. Uh, after May Day. Till next time from all the team here at Rural Queensland today, it's bye for now.